We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses themes centered around emotional, physical, and sexual violence. While the stories of the survivors are meant to be inspiring and informative, listener discretion is advised. If you are struggling with any of the aforementioned issues, links to resources can be found in the show notes of today's episode. You can run a red light unintentionally. You can back into a car, and that's a mistake. No person who has ever been raped was raped by accident. Rape is never an accident. It is never a mistake. It is a deliberate act, and it is the greatest theft of the soul ever committed in humanity. Because rape steals your ability to trust yourself, to make choices, to live your life without living in this loop of despair. No person should have to live like that. Hi, Survivors. I'm Tara Newell. And I'm Collier Landry, and this is the Survivor Squad Podcast. Yay! I'm really excited today because I just... Today is going to be a good day. Today is going to be a good day? Uh I I love that. I love this outlook. Today, every day is a good day. Yes. Every day is a good day. Now, you know, and, and every day is usually a day where I play Wordle. And I lost Wordle today. I had a great streak going, and I, I know your face says it all right now. I, I lost on Wordle. I had a, like a like a thirty day streak, and it's just it ended today in a big ball of flames. Oh no! And the word and well, I, well, it doesn't matter. I can say what the word was. The word was bully because it won't be out for <laughs> till till after. But the word was bully, and I couldn't get bully. I thought it was bulky. I kept guessing. It was terrible. I failed on Wordle, but it's still a good day. But I usually have a word of the day, but but apparently, Tara, you have something that you want to teach our audience today and, and something that you said that I, that I that I don't really know what it is. Well, I asked you what it was. I was like, do you know what this is? And, and then I you said, were like, I do not. I do not really at all, no. And so that's why you like, tell us what it is. Yeah, and that's why I got so excited because I was like, today's going to be a good day because I get to teach you something. Let's Ooh. have it. <laughs> <laughs> so the word is trauma dump. Okay. And trauma dumping is when you basically tell someone someone's trauma, like either yours and you just like tell the whole story, tell a version of the story, or you tell someone else's story that is trauma and you just kind of dump it on that person. So say what I do to you sometimes, and that's why I want to make you aware of this word so you could put up boundaries when you can't take it. <laughs> Because I notice I affect you sometimes when I just will say people's stories. And being in the true crime world, it's just really common to be like, oh, this person was stabbed today. Oh, this person was molested. it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming for sure. Okay, but now I know what that is. And I love that. See, I I think I had a different name for it, which is just like, you know, please don't. I'll say this. (laughs) Please don't bring that shit over here. I don't want to hear that shit. 
So, but uh, now I know that it's called trauma dumping, and and uh, now I can set that as a boundary of like the rest of the people in my life be like, don't trauma dump on me today. Don't I want to hear it? Don't trauma dump on me. <laughs> Well, I think when you want to trauma dump and when you are aware of trauma dumping, you need to ask if the other person is okay. Do you have space to handle this right now? And I think that that is always great because we talk about consent with our bodies. Let's talk about consent with our minds. I I like this. And I also am thinking of a t-shirt because there is, there would be these like places that say like no dumping, Uh but then it could be like no trauma dumping. So, so that would be a great t-shirt for the podcast. I think we should do those. I love it. Let's create it right away. Anyway, so speaking of trauma dumping, we did have, so we have a guest on today. Her name is Sandra Booker and she has shared with us her story. And uh, do you want to give our audience a little bit of a background? Yes, Sandra, Sandra Booker is a musician. She's in the jazz community and I think Well, I will say she's very talented, but here's the thing. When you are in the entertainment industry, there are so many people that are very idolized and it's a very tight community. So when you piss someone off or when someone creates rumors or, you know, slander someone, then a lot of people take the perpetrator's point of view. And this is another situation where this happens. And today we're going to get into Sandra's story. I'm going to take this one step further. As a musician who went to music school, this is why <laughs> catty musicians and all the bullshit. And what I heard was listening to her story. I just thought like, oh God, I just, this is one of the things that I hate about this is that just people, they try, start to draw battle lines and they start to take sides. And it's just so commonplace, you know, and um, it is it is one of the negative parts of the entertainment industry for sure. But let's let's hear Sandra share with us her, her story, because there's a lot of inspiration in it, too, because she's come out and she's become stronger. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's do it. When I was in my car accident, I became roommates with my ex-husband again because he started taking care of me. Um, My family lives on the other side of the country. And so here I am living with my ex-husband in this roommate situation. And I was just getting back on my feet. You know, that car accident happened in 2007. In 2015, I was finally, you know, getting back to singing. And I was taking guitar lessons with my rapist. That's how all of this came about. You know, he said, hey, I'll give you guitar lessons. And and. And I, you know, was planning to move to Europe and teach pole dancing. And I got <laughs> my body in great shape. And I felt good about me. I cannot even tell you how many women that I thought were my friends made the nastiest remarks to me. I even had several women say, well, if you hadn't been a pole dancer, you probably wouldn't have gotten raped. Well, if I didn't have two poles in my house, I probably wouldn't have gotten stabbed either, you know? <laughs> right. But it's that cruelty that people will inflict on you. Um, I didn't talk about what happened between my parents until uh, I wrote a show called She Can Be Evil, A Survivor's Story. And I went to my mom and I said, you know, I want to tell my experience. And she gave me her blessing. 
And so I did this one woman show. I'm thinking about revamping it and rewriting it, but I talk about my rape and I identify my rapist in that show. And, you know, they say the only defense against defamation is the truth. To this very day, the man that raped me, I've never gotten a letter from a lawyer saying cease and desist. Hmm. And I think people don't appreciate that because if I'm lying, you should be able to prove that I'm lying. And if I got you fired from a job for no reason, then why didn't you go and sue that school? And if what you say to the police is that I attacked you in public for no reason, then why would you not want to cooperate with the police? Yeah. Where there's smoke, there's usually a towering inferno. I like Mm. that analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about your childhood at all? Sure. So, So you said your father was a drug addict. I did not know about my father's drug addiction. Oh, sure. You were, yeah, you were um, a child. <laughs> kids, but I noticed things that he would do. Like sometimes he would be eating dinner and he'd literally fall asleep on a plate of sure. hot food. Sure. So, you know, I, as I got older, I understood that to be the nods. Yeah. Um, my father uh, spent a lot of time with the ladies outside of the home, unfortunately. Yeah. And that behavior can lead to other extreme behavior. Um, it was Good Friday, 1978, Good Friday. And my father came home and proceeded to beat the shit out of my mother, pardon my expression. And I heard my mother saying, you know, why are you doing this? And, and, you know, what are you, you know, why? She kept saying, Johnny, why? My father's name was Johnny, why? And my father literally said nothing. I mean, the way my father pummeled my mother, I stand four feet 11, I'm a small woman. My mother's my height. I think my father was maybe five, three, five, four. But when you're a kid, my father looked like, you know. Sure, of course. The Sphinx to me. And he had a fifth of uh, black velvet in, in, the, in a, a pint of black velvet in one pocket, and he had a gun in the other, and he, and he drew a gun on her. And my mother was fighting my father, and she got the gun, and she defended herself. My mother is not a murderer. My mother killed my father, but my mother is not a murderer. And I remember... You know, when this guy, the more he would talk about being in rehab and being on drugs and not having this, you know, his life together, I said to myself, you know what? When I left home, my mother said something to me that I never forgot. She said, never love an addict. Yeah. And I said, I can't do this. I, you know, I'll, I'll support you and in, in, in you trying to get sober. But if I had known at that time that he was also in recovery or at least supposedly in, co- in recovery for sex addiction... No way in the world. But he had to know that. That's why he didn't tell me that part of it. And he seemed to use that as a way to gain access to to people, to women especially. You know, the promise of guitar lessons. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a guitar lesson anytime, no problem. Yeah. Well, you're usually alone with somebody when you're taking a, a private lesson. Sure. Yeah. And I thought it was important to protect any other potential victim, which is why I reported him to the schools where he worked, uh, Citrus College. Pasadena City College and the Pasadena Conservatory of Music. The other two schools, they said, well, you're not a student here, so good luck. Yeah. But I think to the Pasadena Conservatory's credit, they were willing to do an investigation and their third party investigator determined he's got to go. And let me say this. There has to be one of two scenarios. Either the evidence I brought those people was so compelling that they decided he cannot be here anymore. He is a risk to the students 
and to the reputation of this institution, yeah. or this was his. This was not his first time at the rodeo, <sighs> or maybe both, or maybe both. So, with your mother, what? How? Did, what happened with her? My mother um, uh, was not charged. They determined that it was a justifiable homicide, but I saw it change my mother in some really profound ways. It was, and her family didn't support her. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of my mother's family, not my father's family, you know, they loved their brother. They loved their son, but, but I was stunned by how my mother's family abandoned her and did not stand by her. And so my mother was left to raise eight children by herself. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh, wow. Where did this happen? Where are you from? New Orleans. New Orleans. And my mother is 88 years old. <laughs> and she is a super warrior. And, you know, it, it caused a lot of challenges between us. You know, my mother met a man some years after the death of my father who repeatedly tried to rape me. And my mother, dealing with her own trauma, she yeah. didn't really show up for me. And it took a lot of years for her and I to have the hard conversation and not play the role, you know, I remember it differently. It's like, we can't do that. Yeah. If, if we're going to have a relationship, we're going to need to be honest. That's why I was so struck by your story when your mother was like, I, you know, she, it was like, I love my children, but I don't know if they, they, you know, they're trying to keep me from being happy. No, I'm trying to warn you. I remember how painful it was when I finally told my mother and she didn't want to believe me. Like, but why would I lie? No, and there's something like the daughter can never tell the mother what to do, if that makes sense. Like they just don't hear it. And it's funny because I'll tell my mother something and then someone else will tell her the same exact thing. And she'll be like, Tara, I got told this and I'm going to do this. And I'm like, that's great. I've been telling you that for five years now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think my mother finally had that watershed moment. And it was, you know, as I became an adult, and I mean, I left home when I was 19 years old. I moved to Japan. I moved to L.A. and then I went to Japan. I got the opportunity to live in Japan. I started traveling. I started writing music. You know, I put myself through college. There, you know, I didn't turn to drugs. I didn't turn to alcohol. I didn't become, you know, a teenage mother to try to, to heal the wound. I turned to art and I turned to music. And so when this guy was able to gaslight me and have me blacklisted in the music community, you know, that- That was your sanctuary. That you took away the, exactly. So he was able to take that away from me. And I, I've been fighting to get that back. And I said, well, you know what? I don't, if I don't uh, get to be in the jazz community, that's fine, but you're not gonna stop me from being an artist. You're not gonna stop me from having my say. You're not gonna stop me from creating my work. And whatever is left in my life, I'm fortunate enough at this moment in my life to be in full remission from cancer. Yay. That's amazing. And I've fought for that. I've fought for that. And I get up every day and I say, Sandra, stay alive. All you have to do is stay alive. 
stay alive, stand in your truth. It doesn't matter what they say about you because they've said everything they can say about you, but you know what the truth is? And the truth is on my side. And if nobody else is on my side, I know that the truth is on my side. And you know, the truth will prevail. It always does. But it doesn't always. Really? I stopped and I think about all of the women who have died of breast cancer or uterine cancer or cervical cancer, and there's been no research to find out how many of those women were sexually abused. Mover Nation, you guys all know how I lead a really busy life, right? And I know we could all use a little more relaxation. Now, whether you're trying to chill out or just need a good night's rest, Next Evo's CBD will be your best friend. But, and this is big, not all CBD products are created equal. Shockingly, a study found that many CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels promise. I've been trying out Next Evo Naturals and Movers. It's the real deal. And their commitment? Well, it's giving you exactly what's on the label. Remember, they've undergone four clinical trials, a feat unmatched by any other brand of CBD. Now, I personally adore their Stress CBD Complex Gummies. When I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed, they are a total game changer. And those nights when sleep is all too elusive for me, the triple action CBD sleep does absolute wonders. Leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com forward slash MPT to get 25% off plus a free bottle of premium pure CBD, a $50 value, limit one use per customer. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash M-P-T. The body remembers everything. And I think a lot of those women who have died, and young women, you know, why, is, why does a 22-year-old woman get breast cancer and need a bilateral mastectomy? Because I think there's some sexual abuse in her history. And eventually, it comes out in the form of disease. And I really think that there should be research done to try to find out the connection between sexual trauma and reproductive cancer. Yeah. Because I think that's a real thing. I would concur with that. This is also where Tara promotes the body, uh, the book, The, the body, body Keeps, keeps the Score. The Body Keeps the Score. Well, I just listened to it for the third time, and it's really interesting how, you know, cer- but also what uh, certain factors of sugar do create, like cancer as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, Glucose. So, yeah. yeah. So I, it's just really interesting how and I've known so many people that have been through the craziest traumatic stories then they get cancer right after. Yeah. I mean, I was assaulted in 2015. And in 2016, I was diagnosed with cancer. And my cancer was a form of reproductive cancer. It was bladder cancer that started in my kidney, went to my bladder. Eventually, I had to have all of my my bladder removed and rebuilt. I had to have my reproductive organs removed. And that's why I'm saying that's, I think that is, and I speak for myself from, from my experience, I really think that that trauma, the trauma as a child and then being re-traumatized by somebody I trusted. And I, I'm never going to be ashamed to say that I was in love with this person. Yeah. I was so in love with him. It didn't bother me that he wouldn't have been with me. I wanted to see him be happy. I wanted to see him do well. Yeah. But I didn't want to be the person finding myself spending time and energy and, and, and years 
somebody that in my view, because of my history and because of my experience that people have had addictions, that's some work. That's some hard work. Yeah. Because I know as a teenager, after the death of my father, I got introduced to drugs by people in my family, by people that I thought were friends. And I had to make the decision to get away from those people because I was doing the hard work to say, you can do that. And that's an easy, quick fix. But what is that going to do to your life in a year, five years, 10 years, 25 years? Do you really want to be sleeping in an alleyway in 25 years? And the choices you make right now, right now, they're going to determine what that can be. And I have no control over a bus going through a red light, but I certainly have control over being in my car high to the sky if a bus goes through a red light. Yeah. Very true. That's Very so true. true. Yeah. And so I've devoted my life and at this point in my career, um, what's left of it <laughs> or what I'll rebuild from of it to calling out the enablers. Stop telling the woman it's all in her head. Stop telling the girl, well, you're fast and you need to put some clothes on. Stop forcing children to sit on the laps of uncles or aunties that they make it very clear they're not comfortable with. Pay attention to the- Or Santa Claus. Or the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Or the, or the priest or the pastor or the Dalai Lama. Um, stop telling a woman, well, he never did that to me. Because every rapist has a mother. Every rapist has a mother. They do. And they can be anybody. And that means- that can be your brother. You know, your, a rapist can be your brother. A rapist can be your husband. Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, every one of those men has a mother. Jay Epstein. So it can be anybody and from any walk of life. And for men out there who don't have money, who aren't rich, we need to create a, 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 something in our society that just because you're not wealthy, you should not be held accountable. We're willing to go to court if it's some rich man. But what if he's poor? Does that mean the rape wasn't as bad? Rape is rape is rape. And I'll say this. You can run a red light unintentionally. You can back into a car. And that's a mistake. No person who has ever been raped was raped by accident. Rape is never an accident. It is never a mistake. It is a deliberate act, and it is the greatest theft of the soul ever committed in humanity because rape steals your ability to trust yourself, to make choices, to live your life without living in this loop of despair. No person should have to live like that. No. Well, I feel... That might be the perfect note to end on, unless you have any questions, caller. Because I like. No, some... I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, first off, thank you for saying to go after the broke man, also, because that is something that hit me in this episode where I might consider pressing charges after someone now just because you said that. So thank you. And. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we support you with your GoFundMe for your journey with healing through cancer? So a couple things. Um, I have a GoFundMe campaign and I created this campaign so that I could continue to work once I realized two things, that I believe cancer is a metabolic disease, not a genetic disease. And there are treatments that are non-toxic 
that you can get, but they are not covered by insurance. One of those treatments primarily being um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, It's not covered by insurance and it can be expensive, but it's a great therapy for people who don't want to subject themselves to particularly chemotherapy. And if I had to do it again, I would never, ever have used chemotherapy. Um, But it also uh, allows me to work. So now I create all of my own concerts. I finance them and my GoFundMe campaign allows me to do that. I am allowed to be an artist and a rapist, nor his or her enablers should prevent me from being that. You can find me at www.sandrabooker.com. There's a link to my GoFundMe on that page. If you make a donation, please know two things. You're not only helping me, but you're allowing me to help other women. There's a book called Finding Your Inner Warrior. If you reach out to me and you are a sexual assault survivor, I will mail you that book for free. Oh, I love that. And please support my music on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Sandra Booker on YouTube. If you like the music, just hit me a like. If you know of a booking agent that you think might want to support somebody like me, please send them my music. Um, the video of the gentleman that assaulted me and me calling him out, which was a pretty ballsy thing to do four days after being sexually assaulted. It's on my YouTube channel because I have nothing to hide. And he's standing right there holding the guitar for all the world to see. Leave a comment. Show your support for survivors. Stand up for survivors. Speak up for survivors and do everything you can within your own power to keep somebody from having to be one. Nobody wants to survive this. Trust me and believe me. Cancer would have been a walk in the park, but it's harder to get over cancer when you have to live every day with the, with the memory of that being violated. And um, get out there and be better people. And thank both of you so much for giving me this platform to speak, to be heard, um, for your support. It really, it makes a difference and it helps me help other people. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to be taking our experiences, no matter how tragic they are, and helping other people. I continue to do free work with children who want to learn about music and, 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 and have music in their life. I give a lot of free music lessons. So if you're ever interested or you know a child that's out there, especially a sexual assault survivor that's a child, I give free music lessons to those kids. Please help me continue to do that work because it can really change the trajectory of their life. And I think it's very important. I am a writer for Women in Jazz Media. So you can check um, that out as well. I've got some articles. And last uh, quarter, I published an article called Soap Opera. And it's how media is used to enable sexual predatory behavior. I think it's a great article. It's gotten some really good feedback. I'll send that to you. And if you'll share it, I'd really appreciate it. And really thank you from the bottom of my heart for standing up and supporting survivors. Thank you so much. Sandra Booker, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I always tell... Tara, you know, we're all a part of a club that no one really wants to be a part of, but we're all a part of the Survivor Squad. So thank you so much for joining the program today. Thank you. Proud to be a member of the Survivor Squad, too. (laughs) Yay. Thank you. I don't know why I really want to sing Why You Gotta Be So Mean, the Taylor Swift song. (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. No, but Taylor Swift Taylor just era. was here here three three days in a row in Los Angeles, and just obviously you know selling out a storm, and the tickets were like five grand or something crazy. Oh yes, I was invited to go, but I had to pass because I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Yes, but Sandra is just 
you know, can relate to the music industry. She can relate to our stories in a sense of not being believed. Yeah. And I think that yeah. one thing we need to do is believe survivors. Yeah. And she's very passionate about this. I mean, look, she's, you know, she grew up with a lot of trauma and, and just the whole scenario with her mom and her dad and just, I'm really shocked. I think the thing that blew me away is when she mentioned that is that the fact that law enforcement didn't pursue charges that they said it was justifiable homicide. I can't, I mean, I think that's, that's, you know, I mean, it, the situation sucks and it, and it, and it's horrible for her mother. It's horrible for her. It was horrible for the father, but the fact that, that there wasn't more trauma, trauma compounded and, and she lost, you know, her mom too, to, you know, the justice system or whatever, at least that didn't happen. I mean, you know, it, it's terrible to, to take a life as you know, but it also is, um, you know, it's a situation that it, it, they could have been a lot worse for Sandra and for her mother and her family. And so I'm glad that there was, that she didn't lose both parents, you know, because yeah. that sucks. Knowing, I mean, that's how I feel, you know, you lost, you lose both parents, you know, it's terrible. Yeah, no, and I really think that it's important with her story, how it shows the effects of trauma in affecting the body. And so she has a Absolutely. GoFundMe if you guys want to donate to her treatments. Yeah, for her cancer treatments. And we will have links to that in the show notes of today's episode where you can follow all of Sandra's socials and uh, a link to her GoFundMe. Yes, and including the links, there will be some festivals coming up that we'll be at. We'll be in Orlando, we'll be in Austin, we'll be in yeah. Dallas. Yeah, in, in no particular order. Austin first for True Crime and Paranormal uh, Podcast Festival. Then we have... Uh, Crime Con in Orlando, the end of September. And then we have Obsessed Fest in October in Dallas. We're super excited about all these. We will have links to those in the show notes of today's episode where you guys can get tickets. You can use our discount codes, all this fun stuff. Yes. On that note, Survivors, I'm Tara Newell. And I'm Collier Landry. And this is the Survivor Squad Podcast. We'll see you guys. Bye. The Survivor Squad podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please consider supporting this program by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Survivor Squad.